0: Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I'm joined by China analyst Mark O'Neill. In what is a less well-known story of the First World War, nearly 140,000 Chinese, mostly from Shandong province, travelled to northern France to provide a variety of jobs for the war effort. Mark O'Neill has written a book on the Chinese Labour Corps in France and also a second one on the Chinese who went to the eastern front of Russia.
1: Well, when the war broke out, uh, China had to decide what to do. And she decided that she was very weak, Uh, militarily, diplomatically, economically, and the safest thing would be to be neutral. So it declared neutrality, and it said there would be no hostilities on the mainland of China or in the sea areas of China. And remember, at that time, many foreign countries had concessions in China with soldiers in them, and the Chinese had no authority in these areas. So China's first fear was the war would start between these different powers, but in China. So the British would attack the German uh, possessions here. So that was the position of the government. But within the government, there was a man called Yang Shiyi, who was much more internationally minded than the others. And he believed that the Allies, Britain, France and Russia, would win. So he thought, well, we must do something to help the allied side because when the war is over we will get benefit and remember at that time everyone thought the the war would only last a few weeks or a few months so it was mr liang's idea to try to assist the british and the french side so his initial idea was to offer troops and this was rejected because the british believed the chinese soldiers were not up to par wouldn't be any use
0: why did they think that
1: well, uh, the first reason is that Britain's ally in Asia was J- Japan. I mean, she signed a treaty with Japan in 1902, and uh, the B- British knew that Japan had designs on China and therefore didn't want to upset J- uh, Japan. But I think the second reason was, uh, if I may say, a racist one, that uh, J- China was still considered a very backward country. Uh, it had been uh, unable to resist Uh, invasions by many foreign powers. It had always lost. So I think the consensus was that Chinese soldiers were not well-trained, well-equipped. I wouldn't be any good in fighting the Germans and the Austrians.
0: So why did their minds get changed?
1: Well, as you know, the war didn't last a few months. It lasted uh, through 1914, then 1915, 1916 and the casualty toll on both fronts, Western Front and Eastern Front, was absolutely hideous. No one could imagine the death toll. So, by 1916, the British and the French governments were looking at an enormous loss of their able manpower, you know, between 18 and 40. And you can read some of the correspondence of the British leaders in 1916, which is, We're going to lose the war because we're going to run out of men. So, We've got to hire people to do war work. So initially the French and the British uh, hired workers from their colonies. Well, both had many colonies. So uh, India, Egypt, West Africa, the West Indies, uh, South Africa. Many workers came to France to help the uh, war effort. But even they were not enough. So... At that stage, Britain and France began to think of the offer of Mr. Liang. And in 1916, they started to negotiate with China uh, about receiving Chinese workers. And France was the first, and France took uh, 40,000 in total. And Britain was second, and Britain took 94,000.
0: I'm talking with Mark O'Neill, China analyst and the author of The Chinese Labour Corps, The Forgotten Chinese Labourers of the First World War. So, yes, phenomenal amounts of people. And this is not a well-known story. So you had upwards of 120,000 Chinese labourers uh, coming to, what, northern France?
1: Well, uh, 100, uh, nearly 140,000. Yes, you're right. They arrived uh, in northern France. Now, the trip there was also very dramatic. Initially, they were brought through the Suez Canal into the Mediterranean. But in February 1917, a a German submarine sank one of these ships called the Athos. And all the Chinese laborers on it were drowned, as as well as the officers accompanying them. So after that, they took another route uh, via Japan, across the Pacific, through Canada across the Atlantic and then to France now the most remarkable thing about this was uh, racism against Chinese in Canada was very strong, Canada did not want to admit these people so they made a fiction that the the Chinese never entered Canada, so they arrived in in, uh, Vancouver they were kept in camps they were then put on trains and the trains were sealed, they were not allowed to leave the trains, even on stops on the way They had to remain inside the carriage. They couldn't even get on the platform and have a cup of tea. And they arrived then in Halifax, Nova Scotia. They were then also put in camps and then put on the ships. So, in a legal sense, they didn't enter Canada. And the Canadian government went to enormous uh, efforts to censor this and for it not to be reported. No Canadian media could report this. But, of course, there were some American journalists there who were not subject to the censorship and they did report it in the uh, American media
0: the nearly 140,000 chinese laborers who went to france and were hired by france and britain um in terms of where they came from were some of them from hong kong i know that some of them also came from shandong province
1: yeah mostly came from shandong and from northern china from herbei liaoning And uh, there was uh, a consideration to hire them from Guangdong because Britain, of course, had a colony here and that would have made the recruitment very simple. But the British believed that the Cantonese were not big enough and would not adapt to the climate because the climate in northern France, especially in winter, is very cold, it's humid, it's very unpleasant. It's quite different to Hong Kong. So they believed that the northern Chinese, who, who live in a much harsher climate, would be better adapted, and also they're bigger than the Cantonese. Uh, now, we live in Hong Kong, we know not, this not to be true, but that's what they thought at the time.
0: So did any go from Hong Kong?
1: Well, uh, I can't say none went. Uh, I, uh, the bulk would be from Shandong, northern China, but perhaps... A small number of of people came from Hong Kong, perhaps in an auxiliary role, you know, interpreter or or doctor or assistant, something like that.
0: What kind of role did the Chinese Labour Corps uh, perform? I mean, in terms of were they all soldiers or were they performing a whole different variety of services for the the British and French armies?
1: Well, among the French workers, about 22,000 were not near the front. They worked in factories. So these would be military-related factories. So these would be steel factories, chemical factories, explosive factories. And many of them were not near the front. So they were quite lucky. They were not at risk uh, of uh, being hit by German bombs or artillery. They lived in a dormitory. They had a, a, you know, a fairly regular life. But the other 18,000 French and all the British, they lived in camps near the front, so their job was directly related to the war so they would move cargo they would move ammunition they would dig trenches uh, they would carry items for the soldiers and they were near the front so they were very much at risk so they were thousands thousands of them were killed by uh, German shells German bombings uh, you know uh, ordnance exploding and so on and uh, this was very traumatic for them because when they left China, their contract stated they would not be involved in war-related work. I mean, they weren't on the front line, they weren't fighting the Germans, they weren't soldiers. But uh, they were near to the front and during the war, of course, the technology improved. So the Germans were able to, to project their firepower further and further.
0: So when you say that thousands died, I mean with the contract that they signed with the British or French, was that for a day pay or was there any compensation for the families back home?
1: Well, the French gave them a wage in France and the British divided the wage. Uh, some was paid in France and some went to, to the families. So both British and the French honoured the contract in terms of duration, in terms of providing uh, accommodation, clothing, food, medical care and repatriation at the end. Uh, so, I mean, I would say 90% the, the contract was honoured, but the only section wasn't honoured was this phrase, war-related work, in that uh, the Chinese did not expect that they would be placed in such danger.
0: So are there many Chinese war graves in France or where some of these bodies repatriated?
1: Yes, uh, if you go to uh, Normandy and Picardy, there are... Uh, uh, cemeteries especially for Chinese workers and they're also Chinese buried in uh, cemeteries for the British and the French workers. So in recent years uh, the French uh, government and military and the Chinese ambassador visit the largest one and they have a ceremony in Qingming festival every year to, to remember them.
0: And uh, so there would have been those that died through the conflict, but there was also other war-related as such, or, or just the conditions in the trenches and around and the, and the terrible temperatures and conditions some of the time. Um, so would many have died of also of illness?
1: Well, uh, as you know, after the war ended, there was this terrible outbreak of Spanish influenza which swept through Europe. So many Chinese, like many other races, were killed of this. Yes, as you mentioned, some of them would have died of illnesses they picked up. There were also strikes and protests on various occasions, and the, the armies had difficulty handling this. And here the lack of interpreters was really critical, because if you have 100 or 200 Chinese protesting, you have maybe half a dozen British squaddies uh, armed looking at them, Well, the squallies don't understand what they're protesting about. The Chinese don't understand what the squallies are saying to them. And you can very easily, in a short time, you can move to violence and the the squallies will will open fire. Um, There were also ten Chinese workers who were executed for murder. Nine of them for murdering other Chinese, mainly over gambling debts. And one of them killed a British officer.
0: In terms of the men coming from Shandong province and other areas of northern China, what was the documentation in terms of who these people were? I mean, when they were taking passage on ships or uh, traveling across Canada or indeed going on the ships across the Atlantic, were they all, uh, I mean, can you actually track any of these men on an individual basis?
1: Um, Well, um, they were recruited in big centers in Shandong, And I think the the success rate was about 40%. I mean, for every 100 people applied, only 40 made it. And they were given a bracelet, an aluminium bracelet, with a number. And that became their identity for the next uh, four years, four or five years. Now, of course, the recruiters didn't understand Chinese. So they just gave them a Romanized name. They didn't give them a Chinese name. So this is a a major problem if you were a Chinese historian because if you want to track one of these all you have is the Romanized name and of course many of the Romanized names are the same so it would be very difficult to track that person. So this became a problem when they died because they needed a tombstone but the the army didn't know what their Chinese name was so on the tombstone they only have written the Romanized name. Uh, So... Uh, sorry to answer your question, it's extremely difficult to track uh, the, an individual person.
0: So what stands on the gravestones in France, then?
1: Well, it would be the, the Romanised name and the number on the bracelet.
0: My thanks to China analyst Mark O'Neill, who next week tells me about the Chinese who went to Russia, where conditions were extremely harsh. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.